This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. This week on South Bend Beat, we have Sean Haas. Sean is running for mayor for the city of South Bend, and we were able to steal him for a few minutes to talk. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today. Um, As you can imagine, he was on a little bit of a time crunch, uh, but he was kind enough to come in and talk to us for a while. And uh, to note the other side, we did invite James Mueller to stop by as well. Uh, Just like Sean, he's also on a time crunch, and we just weren't able to sync up the schedules and make it happen. Uh, they did say if things go well for James, it looks like we'll be able to get him on shortly after the election. And on the other side of things, if things go well for Sean, we'll be getting him back in here uh, shortly after the election. Uh, for this week, we have about a 20, 25-minute episode. We kind of touched on a variety of topics with Sean, and I hope you enjoy. Here we are with this November 4th episode of South Bend Beat. Sean, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me, Kyle. Yeah, no problem. So I'm going to get right into it. Um, I know you're very short on time, uh, and we want to be respectful of that. Uh, The question I'm going to get right into is South Bend hasn't elected a Republican since Richard Nixon was president. And how do you plan on changing that? Well, I think it's it's just trying to reach out to the voters. And I'm I know that uh, traditionally, like you said, it's been it's been a while since a Republican's been in office. Um, but I think showing them that I'm different than your than your average Republican, trying to t- kind of reach across party lines, is something that we focused on. Um, I really believe that local politics or local issues transcend political parties in a lot of ways. That a lot of the national issues that are out there don't really have much of a, a place here in in local city politics. And so things like you know, public safety, schools, infrastructure, those doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat, those things are affecting you. And so for me, that's where my focus has been in trying to make a pitch to the to the voters of South Bend that um, regardless of the differences we might have, that these issues are affecting everybody. And those are the things that I'm going to focus on as mayor. So when I was doing a little bit of research earlier today, um, I saw in one of your interviews that you said you believe Republicans and Democrats have many of the same goals, um, especially at the local level. Um, you'll obviously need some Democratic support on the voter side to win this election. Um, so how are you going about getting that Democratic support, whether it's being out boots on the ground or just in the message that you're getting across? Well, we are definitely trying to get out as much as possible. And so whether it's knocking on doors or making phone calls, we're trying to reach out to as many voters as we possibly can. Um, just the way that that I approach, I think some of these issues have drawn some Democrats uh, over to our side. Um, as far as uh, education, I believe trade skills are an important aspect to try and not just you know affect uh, the education here in South Bend, but also to affect public safety. And that's been appealing to a lot of the Democrats that I've talked to, and especially in unions, um, which I've visited quite a few over the last couple of months, that they, they've communicated to me that they just want to work. And I mean, that's the same idea that I have. I just want, I just want people to work. I could care less about your political affiliations or, or where you stand on some of those big issues. Um, I think in order to affect public safety, we need to bring jobs here. And I think that's, um, that's been what's appealing to people on the other side. I think drawing out Republicans is always a goal. 
Um, we want to make sure that they exercise their right to vote, which is something that hasn't necessarily happened very much in the last couple election cycles. So besides working towards that goal, definitely the, the school's education and um, public safety have been something that I think have, have drawn Democrats to our side. So you mentioned that you're running your campaign a little differently as to where you are um, trying to go across party lines and bring in Democrats. Have you actually heard from people that have historically voted Democrat um, that they're kind of in your camp? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, we've got a couple of guys, uh, one who worked on the uh, Redmond campaign back in uh, mm -hmm. uh, in the last election cycle, um, guy who worked for the Bernie Sanders campaign back in 2016 has backed us as well publicly. So we know that we're, we're reaching the right types of voters or people who are at least open-minded, people who are going to put aside party affiliation and, and do essentially what's right for the city. And so I think, um, I, I feel that we've made a lot of strides in that end. Uh, and I think, uh, I think we're gonna do quite well come November 5th. So one thing I'm always curious about, that being said, are you getting any blowback from the Republican side? No, because again, it's the the issues are the issues, and I think public safety has been the most important issue. Talking not just to Republicans, but also to Democrats as well, and so trying to make sure that they, that they know that that's going to be a primary focus of what we're trying to do. We got the endorsement of the FOP uh, last week, and that's something I think that has transcended again across party lines because people see public safety as is the biggest problem right now facing our community, and and that's going to be one of our big goals. But I think tackling the the schools issue, school issues trying to work with uh, South Bend Community Schools to help with uh, whatever they need is going to be something that kind of complements that public safety approach. So at a very baseline level, um, for if someone's listening to this and maybe they haven't done a ton of research going into the election, uh, what differentiates you from James Mueller? Like what would your elevator pitch be to that effect? Well, I think my, my background as a teacher, I think, really lends itself to being a mayor. I, I work with a pretty diverse group of people, not just in education, but my time in the military. Um, I think that that has prepared me to cooperate across a lot of different lines. Um, I think as a mayor, your job is to bring people to the table, um, work with different groups of people. And I think that's what differentiates me is that I'm, I am more... Um, I'm more outgoing. I'm more cooperative than I think my, my opponent is. He seems very introverted in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and he even, he'll even say himself that he's more of a thinker, um, where I'm, I'm more of a doer. I'm a hands-on type of person. I want to make sure that I bring that uh, leadership style to the, to the mayoral office. So you mentioned you have a teacher background. Uh, both my parents are teachers, so I, I kind of get that too. How do you think that will serve you um, if you were to be mayor? Uh, those experiences or that day-to-day -day life, how do you think that would help you? Well, I think I learned a ton when I, I taught at Rise Up Academy in, in, here in South Bend, the alternative mm -hmm. school. And being raised Catholic, going, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade, that was something that really opened my eyes to some of the challenges uh, that, that some of these young people are facing. And so I want to make sure that I bring those experiences every day, not just for, for students who are still in school, but I know young adults are struggling to find good employment and good paying jobs. And so I want to make sure that, that I am bringing all of the experience that I've had in the classroom, um, not just in pushing kids towards college, which I think, you know, college is still important, but there's, there's so many more other opportunities out there so letting um letting those guys know that there are options out there besides going to college where you can make a good middle class income uh have uh still really good benefits um financially you know and have long-term benefits uh, i think are something that i want to make sure that i um that i push so something's very topical right now that i do want to touch on a little bit is violence in the city and uh kind of how you would go about combating that 
Um, you know, it's something that's been growing and growing over the past few months and leading into election season. Obviously, it's going to be a, a very highly discussed topic. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, we already kind of touched on the school aspect, of how I think schools and public safety are definitely linked. Um, I think that the police here in this town have kind of had their hands tied by the administration and how they're enforcing the law. So I just want to make sure that our officers know that, that I'm going to support them, still hold them accountable in the sense when, when, some, when, when misconduct happens or when something has to go in front of the Board of Public Safety. Uh, but knowing that, that their mayor is going to support them and give them the right to due process, I think is going to give them a little more... Um, want to be more proactive in their policing. I think we've had a lot more reaction, uh, ne not necessarily more proactive policing in the last several months and even probably going back farther than that. So I want officers to enforce the law according, you know, black and white according to, the, to how it's written um, and not have to worry about how they're going to perceive, be perceived in the public um, by the mayor um, at, if they do decide to act. And another thing I wanted to touch on, uh, we're sitting in the heart of downtown, um, which has seen quite a bit of growth, but I know a big part of your campaign is seeing growth outside of just downtown and the rest of South Bend. Uh, what kind of initiatives would you take on to ensure that happens? Well, I think we need to make sure that the money that we're spending here in the city is, is being allocated the right way. The, the growth in downtown has been very nice over the last several years, and I don't think anybody can deny that. But we've, I think over the years we've seen neglect within a lot of the neighborhoods, particularly on the west side, south side as well. And so making sure that within the budget that we are investing in, I think, uh, affordable housing, we need more, I think we need more townhomes, we need more affordable apartments, especially in different parts of the area. Um, right now, housing prices are down significantly on places like the west side, and so it doesn't really give um, investors an incentive to to build new new homes there. And so I think making sure that we can increase density in some of those areas, making sure that homeowners who do want to improve their homes have funding available that we can help them do that is going to be a way that, that we can improve those, those areas outside, uh, outside the downtown. Um, ensuring, I mean, infrastructure is a big part of it as well. Um, sewers, sidewalks, streets, all of those things have to be maintained. I mean, for, for government, in my opinion, uh, they should be doing some basic things, you know, providing safe streets, not just in the sense that they're, it's not violent crime, but also that, you know, those streets are, are well-maintained. There's not a lot of potholes, that sewers are well-maintained. Those are things that I think the government should be focusing on to help those homeowners who do live in the city outside of the downtown maintain their property values. So to give everybody a little bit more background on you, um, a lot of times when you come on these shows, you they want to talk about either the topics or what you're pushing in your campaign. Let's just learn a little bit more about you, um, about where you grew up, school, kind of your background. Hit us. Well, I grew up just a few blocks that way, um, right behind McKinley School on Hawthorne. Okay, yeah. um, went to St. Anthony's, which is just a few blocks from there, all the way through eighth grade. Me and James actually attended uh, that school together. Classmates, huh? Classmates, yeah. kindergarten through seventh grade. I think he went to Trinity his last year. Um, I couldn't be 100% sure. It's been a long time. Uh, I went to Marion High School. My dad taught there. Did you guys get along kindergarten through seventh? We were actually pretty good friends. Yeah. We worked on some projects, actually, cool. when we were yeah. in third grade, fourth <laughs> grade, uh, played on basketball, soccer teams all the way through. So we, we know each other pretty well from our from our youth. But um, he went to St. Joe in high school, and I went to Marion. Uh, my dad taught there at Marion for over 30 years, so uh, kind of a lineage there. I always run into people who say, well, you're Bob Haas's son. So, I mean, <laughs> they know me through my dad a lot more than, than people actually know me. Uh, when I got into the race. Um, after high school, I joined the Army, did four years from 2000 to 2004. 
uh, came back and attended IUSB, uh, got my teaching degree, and my dad was pretty good at what he did. And I, I saw, I was, I sat in his U.S. history class, uh, and he was uh, pretty inspiring. And that, that's what actually uh, drew me into the profession. So I've been teaching since about 2010. Did a three-year stint, nearly three-year stint at Rise Up, and then I've been at LaVille ever since. I'm, I, uh, I live on the northwest side of South Bend. Part of the reason that I got into the race is crime has really been increasing over there in my area. Uh, me and my wife and my six-year-old daughter, Kaya, uh, we hold it down there on the northwest side. And so you kind of mentioned, you kind of spoke to this earlier, but I wanted to give you a chance to kind of come back around if there was anything you wanted to add. Um, as far as the communities in South Bend uh, that is mostly minorities, so minority communities, uh, what would you do kind of on that front just to make sure you mentioned you think they may have been neglected a little bit for a while? Uh, how would you fix that? I think making sure that they have a place at the table. I really feel like um, the best way to, to run any organization is to have a broad range of perspectives. And so I don't want to surround myself with people who think exactly like me. I think that's going to end up neglecting you know major parts of the community. So making sure that everybody kind of has a voice within my administration is something that I, I want to focus on. Um, whether it's Democratic voices, Black voices, Hispanic voices, I think we need to make sure that we're hearing all of those um, and so that when I do make decisions that are affecting the city that it's something that I'm, I'm kind of taking every perspective into consideration before making that decision because you're not going to make everybody happy but I think you have to make sure that you're considering everybody in your decision making. One question I did want to sneak in that um, I think I doing research I saw you'd been asked but it might have been a while the South Shore are you in favor of bringing that downtown? Uh, financially, I don't think it's something that can be done. Okay. Um, I would have to I would have to see more of a, a study done to that because I'm not sure if just having a station downtown is necessarily going to draw in more people from the outside. Mm -hmm. um, the The cost I think would be would be massive, and we're talking about probably acquiring a lot of land from from areas to try and, and bring that uh, bring that South Shore downtown. Um, I would look at the plan. I wouldn't say that that it's something that I, I wouldn't consider, uh, but it, it would really have to sell me on on its ability to get it done. So, what's a day in the life of uh, Sean Haas look like right now? It's busy. So, I get up. I mean, I wake up around four thirty-five o'clock in the morning usually, and try and get some four thirty. Well, time so do you go to bed? About eight. Well, right when we put our kid down, about eight thirty. Yeah. I'm I'm usually not okay. far behind. Um, so trying to get up early and, and get some work done because for school, just because, um, once I get out of school at three, I go and teach at another school until about five. And then, um, after that is when I've been starting to campaign as well. So I'm, I'm running definitely 16, 17 hour days. And so when I get home at night, I try to spend a little bit of time with my kid and my family, uh, before I go to bed. But Usually, if I'm putting my my six year old daughter down for bed, I if I can stay up for another half hour and get <laughs> something done, I'm I consider that a pretty big accomplishment. But it's a it's a grind, and it, summer was a lot easier. Um, we took a group of kids to Peru and South America over the summer, which was pretty cool. But it was a lot easier to balance that schedule because I didn't have school going on. But with two jobs and campaigning, it's uh it's been a grind, but I've gotten a lot of help from some volunteers uh, that have really stepped up in the last couple of months. So that's what I was going to ask about. I wanted to talk about your campaign team a little bit and how they've been helping you. And the second part of that question is, 
has can has running a campaign been everything you imagined, or has it been more difficult, or did you pretty much know what you were getting into? I'll start talking about my team a little bit because they because they really deserve a lot of props. Uh, the Horvath family. Uh, ben Ben came on early on as far as uh, getting on with with me, uh, probably right after he got done with school in May. Um, and then his his mother Jackie and then his sister Aaron have just been a phenomenal help in helping me balance the the scheduling and the organizational part, making connections throughout the city with people that they know as well. So they've been a, a huge help, and I mean they're all they're doing this all pro bono volunteer work. So they've been an amazing uh, an amazing addition. I don't know where I'd be without them right now. So I thank God every time I go to church and. If I ever have a quiet moment uh, for them coming into my life, uh, as far as the campaign, did I think it was everything it was going to be? I knew it was going to be an uphill battle, but I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be. Um, South Bend is a Democrat town, and even getting FaceTime with people to talk to them about the campaign is not easy. Even when you do impress people with what you want to do and who you are as a candidate. A lot of times it comes down to, well, we just don't know if a Republican win here and a Republican can win here in South Bend. And what I think we've shown over the last couple of months is that that a Republican can win here in, in the city. And uh, we're hoping to really uh, push out and grind hard here in these last couple of weeks to, to do the groundwork necessary to win in November. So at what point did it become a reality that you knew you were going to run? Um, so I, I started considering it around the 1st of January. Um, I thought on it uh, a little while, and I probably should have talked to my wife a little bit more. She, she, <laughs> she definitely would, would, would echo that sentiment. But it was something that I kind of felt like I was called to do. I wanted, I mean, service has been a big part of my life, um, whether you're talking about when I was in the military or, or being a teacher. And so I looked at this as a way to do something not just for my city, but also for my, my kid who I want to grow up in a, you know, a much safer city. So um, it, was, uh, it was definitely a calling in this sense. Um, I didn't realize the amount of work that was going to go into it. I tell people um, that I wish I had had someone in the primary to run against. Probably would have prepared me a little bit Get more your feet for, wet a little bit. for the yeah. fall. But it, it was really one of those things without having a primary challenger when, when it started getting serious in uh, early, you know, late summer, early fall. Boy, that was a that was a big shift in, in the responsibilities and, and the grind that this was. But it's been, I mean, it's been really rewarding. It's been hugely educational. I mean... I'm going to be able to bring these experiences to the classroom when we talk about government and, and how campaigns are run and that kind of stuff. So it's been um, I don't think I could look at this and say it's been anything but positive. Um, I mean, except for the lack of sleep in some cases and the stress <laughs> on my wife and family. Um, it's been it's been a really great experience. Now, what advice would you give to a younger listener? Um, maybe they don't want to be a mayor, but maybe they just want to get involved locally somehow to make their city better, or maybe they do want to get involved in politics. Uh, what are a couple of key pieces of advice you would give them? Well, I think you should. I mean, I think especially in local politics, that's where you can make the biggest impact. Um, so much when you look at national politics or even state politics, things move very, very slowly. But I think on the local level, this is the this is the part of government that touches you the most. And so I would I would encourage anybody who wants to get involved, um, involved in government to do so, because you you learn a lot about your city. You learn a lot about not, you know, not just problems that you were concerned with, but also problems that other people um, have that you probably never even really considered just because you're always just, you know, so wrapped up in yourself. Um, it gives you a chance to really step outside your comfort zone, meet people that you normally wouldn't meet. Um, it's a, it is a, it's an amazing experience. And so it's something that I would encourage anybody to try and not, 
not just you know run for pol- uh, run for political office, but but just to get involved to really kind of see how everything works. So you so you know because I mean I really feel like if you don't vote, you shouldn't you shouldn't really complain. Right. You want to answer some uh, non political questions? Uh, yeah, let's go. Get for to it. get to know Sean Haas a little bit. All right. All right. Um, would you rather miss the last ten minutes of every TV show and movie for the rest of your life, or the last ten minutes of every sporting event? For the rest of your life, uh, I think I would rather miss the last ten minutes of the TV or or movies, just because you can always. I mean, I guess you could read up on it, but a lot of so, times you know what's going to happen. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes you can't predict it. Um, I think sporting events are just a lot more exciting. You just never know what can happen. Sometimes you know comebacks are an amazing yeah. thing to watch when when you just get excited, even if it's not a team that you're vested in. When you see like an underdog make make a make a huge comeback like I plan on doing, it's uh, I think it's something that's a lot more exciting than the last ten minutes of a TV show. What's what are some of your favorite sports to watch? Football, basketball. I mean anything with a ball, really. Uh, I watch college and pro. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I, I like I like hockey, but really only Blackhawks hockey. Okay. So I, I will say I don't seek out anything else really, but football, basketball. Um, I watch Cubs baseball when I can. Uh, but yeah, I would say basketball and, and, and football are the two that I that I seek out most. You play fantasy football? I do. How's your team doing? Not so good this year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm two and four. Uh, I've had some. I've had a rough patch. Devontae Adams having turf toe oh, the last couple of weeks too, has yeah. hurt quite a bit. So um, we're we're still grinding. Last year, <laughs> last year I started one and six and came back and won my league. Oh, so there's still a chance. Yeah. You know, I feel it's one of those things you got a chip in a chair. So you, you, I think you can still get in it. So this is a question that I didn't have down, but it's more of a curiosity on my side. Uh, were you in favor of Indiana legalizing sports betting? I mean, I don't see why not. I know that there are some reservations, especially in college sports. Um, somebody had brought this up on the radio show that I was listening to, that even though you might, you know, pro sports, it's very difficult to be, you know, to get access to one of a, a professional athlete. Yeah. But it's pretty easy in some cases to get access to a college athlete who, you know, might be struggling financially. They might need the money a little more than a pro athlete. Right, yeah. and it's not like you're asking them to throw a game or something like that. But, hey, you know, just miss a couple extra shots and that kind of stuff. So I'm, But, I mean, I think it's something that I gambling is a is a huge industry and if it can bring economic you know bring a positive economic impact to a to a state I'm, a, I'm all for it I think I saw today um, after the first month uh, net like eight hundred thousand dollars for the state yeah a lot of money I, I'm I'm pro sports gambling uh-huh. um, so I'm cool <laughs> with it but uh, I did I did hear Jack Swerbrick at a one of the maybe an idea week conference once where the point he brought up that made sense was uh, they try to keep their athletes as much as normal students as possible mm-hmm. living in the dorms and such. Well, the kicker misses a kick. He comes back. The students are already upset. But now maybe that student lost $1,000, Yeah, and it could be an issue. Um, and think about that. Yeah, But, you know, I mean, with the pro side, I, re- I really don't see much downside. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't see much of a downside there. Yeah. I like to hear that. Um, <laughs> have you ever been stuck in an elevator? Like trapped in an elevator, like it was, or just moving. like like I wish I was out of here with the people that were in there. Nope, nope, like completely stuck. No, never been stuck in an elevator. Would you handle it well? Um, I'd be all right with it. I mean, if it was a glass elevator, it'd be a little bit more. Preferable, oh yeah, that, but, yeah. Um, I think I'd be okay. I guess it depends on the length of time. I mean, I could probably handle a couple hours, but if you're talking like twelve, thirteen hours, some <laughs> people that could be a, that could be a taxing. <laughs> I don't know that that elevator would smell pretty funky by the end. That's for sure. Would you rather ghosts or aliens be proven real without a shadow of a doubt? Aliens. Aliens. Think, ghosts are terrifying. I feel like I mean I feel like the universe is so big that 
it's I think it's ridiculous to think that we're alone. Yeah. Um, but ghosts being proved real, that would just that would ruin everything. Would, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in a dark place. I wouldn't want to be anywhere. I think. So that report that came out a while ago, where I think it was the U.S. Navy confirmed that there was some kind of UFO activity. But I think the disconnect was people are assuming UFO equal alien, which right. they weren't saying. Um, so yeah, this the the question is aliens rather than UFOs. You want an alien like aliens, like a yeah. walking alien down here? I'd be okay with. Would that. you be scared? You'd be cool with it. I mean, I'd be a little nervous, but <laughs> I mean, you've seen enough movies, I think, to to be worried about it. I, I could s- Will Smith it. I could I figure mean, it out. I, I I watched Independence Day in the theaters yeah. when it came out, so I mean, that was a really good movie. Seen signs. There. Yeah. All right. So I mean, as long as they're friendly, and I would think, I mean, I think you have to go into that with that kind of attitude, like hope not, for the best. Hope for the best, because <laughs> if they've got advanced technology, I don't know. It'd be a tough, tough go for us. What's the last movie you saw in theaters? Last movie I saw in theaters, um, Toy Story Four. Was it pretty good? Loved it. I see it's uh, it's uh, it's now available to rent on Apple TV, so I'm going to be getting it soon. But I yeah. love Keanu Reeves, so Duke Kaboom is is. Definitely... I didn't even know he was voicing it. Oh, it's okay. great. I got I got the toy and everything. It's uh yeah, I got my kid Bo Peep and Woody, and then I bought Duke Kaboom for myself. <laughs> <laughs> what are a few of your favorite snacks throughout the day? throughout the day um and maybe not even every day because i know some of them you can't have every day but if you're really wanting some of your favorite snacks um man i don't i don't snack a whole lot my wife would say anything that's chips i will devour so i guess it doesn't have to be any specific brand or either but i'm a chip guy for sure yeah so would you rather spend one year in jail or go to jail with a rubik's cube and you can leave when it is solved one year in jail i have, <laughs> I have tried I love that. how quickly you answered that i have tried that rubik's cube so many times unless they're okay with me taking the stickers off and and rearranging them in a way uh but i i mean there's kids at school that can do those things really oh, yeah. fast and i mean i i've tried rubik's cubes for a long time i think i think i'd get out of jail I was in a shocked. year faster google says like only five percent of the world's population can solve a rubik's cube like without some kind of like strategy or something behind it, then you really get going. But I think that's the right answer. Most people are like, just send me the Rubik's cube. Like, you could be there a couple decades. Can I watch a YouTube video yeah. before? Or maybe I mean, YouTube's got a, a, a hack for everything. Maybe. All right. So uh, I do want to respect your time and get you out of here. But before uh, before we wrap up, um, I mean, just kind of your campaign highlights. You're a military veteran, husband, father, teacher. We've talked about. What would you bring to the position of mayor of South Bend? Um, I'm going to bring energy. I'm going to bring passion because I think what I want to do is serve the people. And I think that's ultimately that that's my goal. Um, I feel like focusing in on some basic foundational things. I want to I want to set South Bend up on a good platform so that when I can walk away and my ideally I'd like to do two terms and walk away and, and whoever I hand the reins off to that they're going to have, you know, a safe streets. They're going to have good schools. Um, I love to draw jobs in as much as possible, but I want to set that uh, set the city up on a on a platform where whoever does come in is going to have a much easier job drawing in new manufacturing, uh, new businesses, and new residents to the city. Fantastic! I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming by, Sean. Good luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. City, I put on for my city, on, on for my city, I put